Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank a couple sponsors that we were able to secure for this season, uh, season five of the Scuttlebutt. It's exciting to be able to get sponsors for this. Uh, we're really thankful for them. Uh, the first one, you might have heard them already, is D&D Metal Recycling and Auto Salvage. The Scuttlebutt's been pairing with D&D for quite some time. Uh, D&D began as a small hauling and used auto parts operation in the Pittsburgh area in the late 1970s and has grown into a full service metal recycling company with two locations, Lawrenceville and Tarentum. These are state-of-the-art scrapyards with deep roots in the community and a strong commitment to the service of their customers. D&D accepts all types of metal, both ferrous and non-ferrous, that may be generated by industrial manufacturing, construction and demolition, small commercial entities, as well as individual customers. They have a wide variety of material handling equipment and are capable of managing any job in a timely and efficient manner. You can contact them for quotes and availability at D&D, &D, that's D and D, autosalvage.com. Thank you, D&D, &D, for supporting this podcast. Uh, been wonderful collaborating with you, and uh, we're looking forward to, to being with you uh, all through season five here. We'd also like to thank a new sponsor for the Scuttlebutt, Tobacco-Free Adagio Health. Tobacco-Free Adagio Health is dedicated to preventing and reducing tobacco use and increasing education about tobacco hazards and secondhand smoke. Of course, the best way to be tobacco-free is to never start. And we'll be sharing more about the many programs offered by Tobacco-Free Adagio Health in the future. You can check out more of their work at tobaccofree.adagiohealth. That's A-D-A-G-I-O health.org. Tobaccofree.adagiohealth.org. Org. Um, really excited to have sponsors on board uh, for the Scuttlebutt, and uh, I hope you enjoy this upcoming episode. So many service members make decisions based on their family, right? It's not mm -hmm. like service member themselves is kind of floating around, you know, on their own. They're like, oh, we have to move into this new community. I wonder what the school districts are like. I wonder what this community mm -hmm. is safe for my family. Are there going to be resources to help support them? And so I think that, you know, for us, Really, we think really holistically about the children, but also their families. Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of Season 6 of The Scuttlebutt. I'm your host, Sean Hall, Director of Programming with the Veterans Breakfast Club. We're a nonprofit in Western PA whose mission is to create communities of listening around veterans and their stories to connect, educate, heal, and inspire. To honor the month of the military child, we connected with Kids Rank, an organization in Chicago whose mission is to provide stability and support for military-connected children by nurturing social and emotional growth through connection, leadership, and community service. We talked with them about their mission, uh, their executive director and founder, Kelsey Liverpool, and their programs manager, Moki Tantoko, about all the wonderful programs they have for all of the military children that they are supporting uh, within their footprint, which is going to be expanding. We're going to get into that as well. Uh, I'm super excited about this organization, and I hope that you will find uh, as much excitement as I do in all of the programs that they provide and the national uh, expansion that they are going to be going through. We also have a fun collaboration that we're going to be talking about with the Veterans Breakfast Club. So sit back and enjoy. And if, and if you are just joining the Scuttlebutt for the first time, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Please like, share, subscribe, ring the bell, and please be sure to drop me a line, Sean, S-H-A-U-N at veteransbreakfastclub.org. If you have any ideas or thoughts or comments, I'd love to hear from you. And we also love reading our viewers' comments here on the podcast. And without further ado, enjoy the show. Joining me uh, for this really incredible episode and celebrating the month of the military child uh, are two wonderful ladies from Kids Rank in Chicago. Uh, I'm going to leave it to you to introduce yourselves. Kelsey, please uh, welcome to the Scuttle Button. Thank you, Sean, so much. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Kelsey Liverpool. Um, I am the founder and executive director of Kids Rank. Um, I was a military spouse for 17 years, Navy, um, and started Kids Rank as a way of allowing our children to have a space where they could connect with each other, work towards leadership opportunities and be of service to their communities. Um, and so I have two military kids of my own that are now grownups and actually my older daughter is now a Coastie. She just joined the Coast Guard this oh, wow. summer. Um, and so service is part of, you know, what our families experience and many of them go into service as a result of being part of a military family. And, and I'm yeah. Hi, <laughs> I, welcome. I'm a, hi, Sean. Thank you so much. I love being back on um, an episode for Veterans Breakfast Club. Uh, so I'm Moki Tantoko. I am the Kids Rank Programs Manager, and I actually met Kids Rank and Kelsey Liverpool through 
um, a collaboration that we will be talking about today when I previously worked with the National Veterans Art Museum as a uh, arts educator. So super excited to be here. And that's how you and I met because Veterans Breakfast Club was doing a little a little collaboration as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And we found out about Kids Rank and have just been uh, really in awe of your mission. And I thought maybe we could start there. Start with uh, how did Kids Rank come to be and what is the mission of the organization? Yeah, so um, we really want to nurture the social and emotional well-being of military kids. I mean, that's really our, our, our mission around our core pillars of connect, lead, and serve. Um, and so we do that through uh, programming. We do weekly programs um, that we meet with the kids, and we have curriculum that we've developed um, to strengthen their, you know, kind of character traits and um, like adapt or bravery or courage. This year, the kids are working on uh, trust, strategy, resilience. and resilience, um, which are really important traits because we want to give kids the skills that they'll be able to take into adulthood. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're not a, a coloring in the corner kind of organization. You know, we really want to give some skills that will be beneficial to them in the long run. And so we started it um, because we recognized me moving around with my own kids that there was this kind of gap in services in terms of this ongoing programming. So they're really wonderful organizations um, that exist, still very few that support military kids, but around advocacy, advocacy in education or in healthcare and things like that. Um, but there wasn't this kind of direct service peer-to-peer -peer, uh, model in the way that we're doing it. And so um, we are grateful to have this opportunity to, um, to have served, we're celebrating our 10th year this year, which is really exciting. Um, and so we're still here uh, locally based in Illinois as an organization, but um, you know, we have, we have bigger plans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can definitely uh, feel you on that the, uh, sort of bigger plans as the pandemic went and we went sort of nationwide that, you know, you got to look outside and you realize that there are a lot, a lot of people um, that could uh, follow that mission. Um, you, you know, I've talked with a lot of military kids uh, through my time with the BBC and it always seems like it feels like as a civilian, it feels like they get kind of a raw deal uh, in in the you know in the military family sphere because you know your parent serves everybody in your family is serving, but certainly the kids are like you said you bounce around a lot. Um, and and did you feel that as you went through that time with your Navy spouse? Uh, absolutely, um, and it's it's interesting. A, a new study just came out, a family study that showed um, interviewing thousands of military uh, families, and it showed that only thirty percent of them feel connected um, or supported in their communities, um, mm -hmm. which we really do tend to feel like the outsider. But what's different now than was historically is you know everything used to be. Uh, within an installation or a command. So families lived there, their schools were there, their healthcare was there, you know, all of the things that they would need were on a base or a post. Now, 80% of families live in civilian communities, 70% of the kids go to civilian or public schools. And so what that means is we're far more integrated, you know, in terms of, of us being in the community, but we still don't necessarily feel connected to our communities. And so that's really where you know, we hope to come in and, and serve as a piece of that puzzle that helps to, to bridge some of those gaps. So it, it is, I mean, people don't always think about the kids. Um, you know, they think, you know, oh, the service member, and you hear a lot of things that are supporting the veteran uh, or the active duty member. Um, and it's always me on the sideline, like they talk about, you know, this, the rise in veteran homelessness. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if they had kids or, you know, veteran unemployment. And I'm always thinking, oh, wow, I wonder if they have kids because so many service members make decisions based on their family, right? It's not like service member themselves is kind of floating around, you know, on their own. They're like, oh, we have to move into this new community. I wonder what the school districts are like. I wonder what this community is safe for my family. Are there going to be resources to help support them? And so I think that, you know, for us, really, we think really holistically about the children, but also their families. You know, and it's something that I should follow up with what I said, they sort of get the raw deal, but everybody I've talked to that was a part of a military family, though they said was tough at times, they wouldn't trade it for the world because what they learned was adaptability. Um, and you said the word connection, and that's sort of one of the first keywords in your mission is, are you connecting the kids with their community, with each other, with, um, with their school? It, does it just cover, is it a blanket uh, connection? Yeah, so I, I get the great opportunity to work directly with a lot of our military children and mm -hmm. their parents. So what I've noticed too is that a lot of them are 
either um, coming in for the first time to a community they've never been a part of. That's like the majority. So it's about developing those relationships between not only other military folk that they have, but I think oftentimes children don't even realize what who the other military kids are at their school. Right. And I think that's the biggest one, because, um, for example, we we're just at the school today and they have almost 100 military kids that are part of that population. Wow. And, yeah. Uh, we were able to see them all up on the stage. And I think they were even like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, you are too. Okay. So, um, you know, it's within their neighborhoods because a lot of them, because maybe they're not living in military housing either, right? Mm-hmm. They're not really connected with other military kids. Um, we have a lot of families that aren't, um, their child is like the only military kid in that school. So mm-hmm. giving them opportunities to find and connect with other kids that have that same similar experience through the programming that kids provides is is a really um, a big opportunity it opens a lot for them uh, it's also cool too because our final program is called prides which are kids right club meetings mm-hmm. and those uh, work with students ages from uh, grades kindergarten through eighth grade mm-hmm. and now we have a social skills and service program that's working more with you know teen populations of military kids because as they get older, there's even less programming around being a military kid available right. for them. So um, the program we provide gives them those opportunities to make those communities, whether it's in athleticism, right? We had like a 5K that was awesome. We had all our athletic kids out. Or we do like a, a media department program where we're teaching photojournalism skills and mm-hmm. digital photography skills, interviewing skills. So we have our arts, artists, creative folks kind of coming together. So we're giving them opportunities to explore their like interest base our programming. Yeah, and I'll just add to that. I mean, we do a ton of family programming as well, right? Allow mm-hmm. families to connect. And, you know, again, when you move into a new community, it's really your neighbors and the people that you're around that you're like, oh, hey, what's the best grocery store to go to? Or, you know, I need a dentist for my kids or, you know, and so being able to provide these opportunities for families to, to connect and get together. We have our ball on uh, this Saturday uh, to close out month of the military child. And uh, it just is, we have families that don't necessarily participate in, in our weekly programming, like it doesn't align with their schedule or, you know, what have you. And they will just come to the family events because they are, you know, like I have one family in particular have come, this is our fifth ball. They've come to every single one. They close the dance floor down every time. <laughs> it's the best because it's one of the, one of the times that they get to really celebrate their children being military kids mm-hmm. and they get to like as a family you know kind of have cut loose <laughs> and with so, the families too i think one of our biggest sorry programs is um the volunteer service programs we do as families yeah right because i think just service is so instilled with what being in the military is and then our service programs really give opportunities for those families to also give back into their communities as right. representatives of leadership and connection uh, are these programs for kids, uh, are they like after school? Are they Saturdays? Uh, how does it work with the kids' schedules? Everything. <laughs> so, we, so we have, um, we, we try to be flexible with what works for our military families. So whether that be providing in-school programming, like during their lunch recess hours, having our club meetings, our pride, or we provide a lot of after-school programming for our social skills and service kids so that they can come after school and once a week be together. A lot of our service projects happen on the weekends, our big events happen on Saturdays, but throughout the week, throughout the year, we're having programming. And jumping into the the, the second sort of big key word is leadership. How uh, how are you teaching them leadership? Because I know that that is very key uh, within being in a military family um, and, and sort of helping them to understand being a leader for others. Yeah, I mean, I, I can start. I mean, so it goes from, you know, our pride programming and how we, within each group, you know, we assign leadership roles. Our mm-hmm. groups are called pride. So we have a lead pride officer, spirit pride officer, you know, giving them opportunities to step forward and, and be leaders, you know, with their peers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that we do similar things in, in how we address programming, right? And so it, it really, we're, we're encouraging us as you know, leaders in the program, we really want the kids to take take on, like we're guiding them through these processes. So our mm-hmm. entrepreneurial program, 
we're giving them opportunities to to public speak to you know work on you know organizational skills to work on you know planning um, and and executing their plans and so again those types of skills really allow them to step forward and really think through they're working on their ribbons of strategy um, and so sometimes strategy means that like you have somebody that ends up in a leadership role you know and and leadership can look different right it doesn't necessarily have to mean you know you're this hard driving you know everybody has you know we teach and really want them to develop their own leadership style I have a very different leadership style than some of my mentors or peers, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's okay, right? You know, I don't think that there are different ways that leadership looks, you know, like it doesn't all look like one size fits all. And so we, we, we allow space for that, um, for them to develop some of those skills. That's fantastic. And uh, service is the last word. I, you know, as I was sort of scouring your site and sort of learning about, uh, about more about Kids Rank, service it's such a part of the veterans that we talk to and it's and it's so ingrained in them um, that a lot of them come out of the service and continue to serve um, so do you see a lot of the active military you know they're bringing their kids up to to learn that uh, that part of being a part of a, a community to serve the serve the community serve the country and how do you guys uh, take that and sort of nurture that with the children as well yeah, uh, well, for the service, it's such a big part, as you said, it's such a big part of what we understand with veterans, right? We're always mm -hmm. saying thank you for service, right? But um, one of the coolest things about being able to work directly with active duty families or reservist families is that, right, you see that sort of ser belief in service coming down from the parent to the kids. And so it feels really natural for them to want to give back to their community. So. Um, some of the things that we do is asking our our military kids right what are the communities that they are part of like how can you develop service projects for them whether that be in their schools in their direct communities or working with organizational partners to do really large-scale service projects for example like conservation and environmental efforts we do especially around this north shore chicago area with uh, one of our partners the shed aquarium brush brushwood and so we're bringing um, a lot of different ways that not only our military kids, but with their families can give back to the community because it's just so much a part of like who they are and what they see their parents doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you figure that there's a statistic saying that 50% of our currently serving are children of veterans, somewhere in that 50% range. My household meets that demographic. <laughs> but, um, you know, that really speaks to, and I would actually be curious, the 50% that is not joining the military, I'd be curious to know. I want to do a study, like how many of them go into different service areas. So being teachers or first responders or social workers or, you know, going to service related fields, because I think it's very inherently like it's part of the culture to mm -hmm. to step in and want to help and support and give back. Um, and so I think that we it's really important within our organization to foster that and support that. So I heard you mention ribbons and I was wondering if that's this if it's very similar to like the Boy Scouts with badges. Um, I mean, we don't like to compare, but right. we do have a similar awarding system. Um, we did this as a way, again, we, we're authentically military, you know, mm -hmm. and so we really want to, to mirror those kind of achievements that service members themselves uh, mm -hmm. work towards. And so, you know, uh, this is actually my daughter's original vest. And so like adapt, bravery, courage, determination. This is her rack of ribbons that she mm -hmm. has earned in her time. She's a little disappointed now because we've had new ribbons since she's now too old to be in the program. <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, I didn't earn those. But it's really a lovely way, uh, the kind of the ceremony around it, which military has a lot of. Um, and so we do pinning ceremonies ceremonies and um, the kids love when their parents pin them um, or like if a principal, you know, if we're doing it within a school, sometimes principals pin them. We've had people's like baby sisters or brothers, which is the sweetest thing, pin them. Um, and but again, that ceremony around an achievement um, mm -hmm. and we really want to recognize and celebrate. And so it becomes part of of what we do. This being month of military child is obviously a very busy month for you all. So you mentioned the ball that's coming up, but what other programs have you been working on uh, over the course of the month of April? Well, let me tell you, Sean. So we, we, <laughs> we, we, we've, you know, considering that this is our first year of in-person programming post a COVID world, um, people have really come out for our programs. We have done a, a program 
on a Saturday every weekend this month. Mm -hmm. And it started off with a cookies and canvas painting event where um, our entrepreneurial program that uh, Kelsey mentioned before, Sweets by Kids, had designed and created a, a new cookie flavor. And we served that along with doing a painting demo that was hosted by a military spouse who's also an illustrator in collaboration with another military spouse who was the author. And so and that was like sort of the launch of our events. And then since then, we also did a, a major service project. Um, one of the major service projects that Kids Rank does is uh, Kids Rank Welcome and Farewell Kits, where we pack these really awesome, like, welcome to the area or like, good luck where you're going next, where we <laughs> um, just filled with like fun activities to let our military kids know that they are really treasured and celebrated. And um, we give those to our community partners to give to the new students that are coming into those schools or saying goodbye to students that are PCSing for having a permanent change of station. Yeah. And then Kelsey mentioned earlier, I, our 5K, which was the, the first one. We the ever first did. 5K. It was first a lot annual, of It'll be the first annual. First annual, um, it, beautiful weather here in Chicago, fortunately, like it, mm -hmm. we lucked out and um, it was really lovely. And um, and so we had a lot of fun with families who came out and ran it, biked it, walked it, skipped it, and, and they had just a good time. Um, uh, and then we did our event with the USO. We partnered with the USO every year. This was our fourth annual event with them. And we do just a big family adventure, we call it. Um, and so it, that was a ton of fun. And then uh, so, and then we had our Mask of, Masks of Hope exhibit, um, which is a program that uh, we actually, how I met Moki, um, and we worked together in, on curriculum and developed this program uh, for military kids. And we will actually be launching it nationally uh, next month with, in partnership with the Wounded Warrior Project and the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. That's awesome. Can you talk a bit more about that program? Because we've dabbled, you know, you and I have chatted about it outside of the, the podcast, but it sounds really exciting. Yeah. Uh, so we have um, our Mask of Hope uh, program curriculum that we first, that's how I met Kelsey, that I was working at the National Veterans Art Museum and she had reached out and we partnered together to develop this curriculum that was exploring sort of what are the masks that as military children that you wear in school or at home or right with other your other communities and how does that change versus like what you feel on the inside so mm. it was just such an incredible um like sampling of we had a hundred kids participate in our first iteration of this program and to see the the feelings and emotions and their explorations of like how they perceive themselves and like what their self-identities are and like how they want people to perceive them or what they think people perceive them as was just absolutely eye-opening. So we were very fortunate actually because of uh, the pandemic to really dive deeper into this curriculum and turn it into an exhibition and a catalog and um, re, uh, rework it to become this now national program that we're gonna hopefully have um, participants that are working with military children communities around the nation then facilitate this curriculum. And part of that is to really get back some information. Um, research on military kids is relatively new, although military kids have been along, around as long as there's been a military. Yeah. Right? Um, but I mean, to be fair, historically, you know, service members did their time in service before they necessarily had families. And so the phenomenon of, of families with a military member, is, it is, you know, relatively new. But mm -hmm. that being said, um, you know, we we want to collect data, um, recognizing that, you know, there sometimes tends to be kind of the singular idea of what a military child or family looks like. And so that part of the effort of this this project is to really dive into and show the beautiful, like, you know, uh, variety of military families, military children, you know, we have, you know, military kids from all different backgrounds, service members that are coming from all parts of the country, all parts of the world, um, you know, dual military families, you know, just, just the variety of, of family uh, and households. And so this project, we're going to be collecting information and really being able to kind of take a deep dive and look into kind of this, you know, beautiful quilt of military kids. Um, but we have some of the masks that, that we would love oh, to show you. Definitely. Um, 
So this is Lila and she is age 12. Um, and, you know, her masks represents the kind of the duality um, in, you know, what she feels on the inside versus what she may feel you know, show on the outside. And so there are words on the top, you know, that she kind of thinks about and is, you know, in her head. And, and again, some of them are, you know, fun and, you know, like open and happy, you know, where some of the ones on, on the darker side, you know, maybe a little dark or sad or, you know, um, mood or those kinds of things. And really, uh, Moki does a beautiful job in facilitating this curriculum and having the kids think about color, you know, what it represents and, and you know, some of those feelings that go along with it and really, you know, thinking about what that design might be as they're expressing um, this young man. Uh, he did this, I was talking about, I, this is one of my favorite, the, although I know it can be, it seems like it's a little scary, but it is the thought when he explained, I went down, went around and did a critique when we had, we did a week long intensive summer camp, a spring camp, spring break camp with this. And he explained that the red represented him feeling trapped, you know, so when they move from duty station to duty station, yeah. his parents being protective, you know, rightfully so. You don't know the community. You don't know necessarily the people that are there or the neighborhood. You don't necessarily want to just let your kids go out. You know, you have to learn. And so he talked about that feeling of feeling trapped when they move into a community and kind of this aspiration for being free mm -hmm. um, and being free and, you know, kind of breaking free. And so I think it's really interesting that you don't always understand from the child's perspective what they you know how they go through the process of being in a military family and what that means to them mm -hmm. and so this exercise um really it's a wonderful commentary um the catalog we have a wonderful funder uh, the stains family foundation and they actually um, bought catalogs to go to every teacher in the district, the school district around Great Lakes um, in North Chicago School District. So as an introduction into the insights of military children and potentially what they are going through so that the teachers could sometimes, you know, have a better understanding of how, you know, what military kids might be going through, how they might be better able to support them, um, you know, because they go to school every day um, and, and sometimes, you know, have troubles or struggles um, and it was interesting because they said that, you know, military kids will show up on time, they'll be well behaved, but it's really their mental health and well-being that that we really want to make sure that we're keeping an eye on and keeping check. And so um, we think about ourselves as kind of a preventative organization. We give them a lot of skills, we give them support, we give them resources so that when those challenges arise, um, which they will because it's just life, um, that they have a little better footing in being able to, to adapt and adjust to them. How do you see kids interact with Kids Frank? They come into the area, you know, they, they, meet, they meet you, um, they meet the community that's already sort of a part of Kids Rank, and and do you see them sort of blossom a bit? Uh, you know, are they tepid? Like how? You know, I'm very interested in that sort of like first interactions. Well, so we are on our third ribbon of of the program year, which is strategy, and we've been talking about how like the kids have just really come into their own and their comfort level with us and their other kids in their school is just like this is the peak and it's at the end of the year because we we're like oh man <laughs> what if you what if you could felt this comfortable at the beginning but it, yeah. it because it's time especially since a lot of our recruitment for our programs this year had to be a lot of the families that we had in previous years they have pcs PS, pcs out of the area so yeah. a lot of the kids that we had coming in this was really their first time not only in the area in the mm -hmm. school participating in something that is focused on military children specifically. So there was a lot of like trust building and having to like create what Kelsey was talking, we're building these skill sets. Like one of the biggest things is communication and like advocating for oneself and be able to express. And, you know, it's so rare that you get to have these like deep conversations, especially with specifically military children about like what that experience is like, because that's not a, you know, class in school, right? right. It's not something home and talk to you about dinner right but because we we like myself Kelsey our other leaders we work one-on-one -on -one with these kids we also are able to become advocates for them within their schools right so I think Kelsey mentioned right you know things can feel okay on the outside and then we'll have maybe a kid act out during school and then sometimes the teachers will actually pull us in because they because we know what's we have that trust with them so we can yeah. say oh actually 
their their parent has deployed this week. So that kind of makes sense. That's it's like a light bulb, like, oh. And they're like, oh, okay, that makes right. So, much so sense. like you, you treat, right? Like talking and like working with that kid and helping them like come back very differently when you have that background knowledge, which we get because we run programs directly with them. Right. Moki, yeah. did you come from a military family? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> well, that's what, so, it's what's so interesting. So what made you want to work with military military children? Well, it, it, it was an exhibition at the National Veterans Art Museum that I had attended after graduating. And honestly, I was completely blown away by the work was, that was there, which was weird considering I had spent so much time working in the arts and art history. And I just saw a demographic of people that were influenced by decisions that I've made as a voter, right, as a community member, and I just didn't realize this part of their life. And then working at NVAM and now meeting Kelsey, it was just, it's opened it up even more because I get to work with the military service member pre-coming, of becoming a veteran. Yeah. Right? And we thought all the time that all military kids will one day be veteran kids. And right. it's very, it's very cool to see like where like, I where those pathways start and like how that influences what happens with when they transition out and especially since a lot of the families we're working with in this area specifically are you know maybe towards sort of the ends of their military career which is very different from working with um you know like younger families or like just newer recruits and mm -hmm. so that has been a really special sort of understanding of what the totality of the military community is like mm -hmm. and as, as a civilian i just felt Right, I, I'm attracted to stories, right? And the folks that I've met working with Kids Rank have had, and the kids have some of the best stories I've ever I've ever heard. So I was like, how do I stay here? For <laughs> I mean, we were just out of school this morning for their month of the military child celebration. And mm -hmm. the teacher was saying, you know, they, they said it in the assembly that, what the military kids bring to their classrooms and to their their school community is really wonderful because you know we've had kids that are stationed overseas and you know lived in japan or bahrain or you know uh, or just lived across the country and have had so many life experiences mm -hmm. that many kids in their classrooms have not had you know a lot of them potentially only have been lived in one one place and so they bring this kind of you know, uh, I, I remember one teacher telling me, you know, oh yeah, we were just studying like Japan or something. And this kid's like, oh yeah, I lived there. Oh, I went and saw it. And, and they're like, oh, share a little more about that with us. And, you know, so having those as points of reference, you know, these kids really bring a lot to the table and don't even, I think like, that's the whole point for us is like, recognize that that's like, that's a thing. Like that's a strength. That's a really wonderful quality. Don't be you know, don't feel like that that's something that you should have to be embarrassed or hide or sad or like you should be really proud of that you get to have these experiences that maybe other kids don't. How much, how do you uh, further support that? That's so you mentioned the social and emotional well being of, of the military child. Uh, speak to some of the programs that sort of nurture that specifically. Yeah, I mean, really, our pride program is uh, is one. I mean, well, really, any any of them that we're working directly with the kids supports that. Um, we really, our leaders are fantastic. Um, they they take the time to get to know each of the child children. Um, we we have direct, a developed curriculum. We had a whole curriculum team last summer that that worked on um, standardizing because the goal is to be a national organization, and so. Part of that is standardizing the curriculum um, and so we had um, a, a, a woman really wonderful um, who is a social and emotional learning specialist and so she did a lot of the reviewing making sure that our curriculum addresses and, and has touch points around you know how we best work with and 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 um and foster kind of these skills because they're they're not soft skills is not the word um i don't because the, the skills that you don't necessarily learn in school, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of building relationships, building connections, communication, you yeah, know, like 21st less, century skills, right? Yeah. You know, that mm -hmm. will allow them. So we do a lot of that, that kind of um, interpersonal relationship building skills um, and really trying to get to know each child for who they are and celebrate that, you know, mm -hmm. like not all the kids need to be the same or shouldn't be, you know, so you may, you know, we have like if we're running activities where the it's very competitive, a lot of our kids are very competitive. 
a lot of military folks are very competitive, yeah. um, but some kids aren't, right? And so then, you know, we can pull those kids out aside and not say, oh, you just go sit over there while we're doing this. You know, they become our timekeepers or can you be our photographer for the day? Or could you like cheer people on when they come across or finish whatever, high five everybody, you know, mm -hmm. there's a role for everyone. Like, and that's the, like, that's the thing. Like we're finding strengths in the kids for who they are, not, not trying to make them something other than what, what they really are. How does a child join uh, a kids ranked pride? How do, how do you, how do they get involved? Right now you have to live in the Great Lakes area. <laughs> or, oh, that's true. Yes. We, uh, you know, one of the things that came out of the pandemic was virtual programming. And mm -hmm. so we actually had continued uh, a virtual pride where we have um, military kids in California and Virginia and Illinois participating in a weekly virtual pride that's led by one of our amazing leaders who's also of our kids rank parents and a kids rank spouse so um uh, this uh the we're gonna go national it's gonna happen and uh but until then right there's uh, our great lakes area north shore chicago um or joining our virtual pride that's, that's yeah so it is our we have a strategic we just finished our strategic planning process this past summer um and so the goal is that in the next three years we're going to this is the goal as of now. Uh, regionally, um, we have Rock Island Arsenal um, and Scott Air Force Base here in the state. Um, mm -hmm. And so really testing the model because really it's very important to us that we have something that, you know, it, it's really special what we do. And so we don't wanna lose the magic of what we've created here by mm -hmm. trying to expand quickly. Um, and so right. we want to make sure that we have all the pieces in place so that when we do move, that we have something that's consistent and sustainable, because that would be my biggest fear is that I don't want to give something to kids and then say, oh, never mind, we have to take this back. You know, I really want to make sure that they are getting a really consistent, strong program, because that's the whole point. Like when they transition from duty station to duty station, having that continuity. Mm -hmm. um, so service members will have like a sponsor when they move into a new community and the spouses will have like an FRG or some sort of family support group. There's not really anything specifically for the kids. And so that's kind of our goal is to be able to provide this as that, you know, that, that thread that they can have right. um, at each duty station so that they, you know, they know going in, okay, I know I'm going to need another group of friends that I'll be able to connect with. How do you keep that from, uh, Oh, mission creep. That's I'll use a military term. Uh, how how do you keep it from mission creep? For you say, okay, I, I you want to make it sustainable and gradual so that it can be uh, it can continue to grow without being too big. Um, where do you think the you know where do you think you start to move into nationwide? Well, I mean, that's the whole reason of moving slowly is to help prevent some of that mission creep. So not just following opportunity because somebody says, oh, come, we can do it now here. Mm -hmm. We're very intentional for that purpose, right? So we need to make sure that we have our, our school. So we've done a really good job here in Illinois over the last 10 years. So we have really great relationships with our local school districts. We have a really great relationship with our, our local command, with our funding partners, with our, you know, our partners, you know, organizationally, USO of Illinois. Um, Blue Star families locally, you know, are the Shed Aquarium or, you know, a lot of organizations that are local to, to us. And so now we have this blueprint, right? And so then moving it will allow us to stay very uh, tight in terms of what our mission is um, and how we serve it and how we do it. And then just say, oh, now we're in a new new community let's reach out we know how to reach out to the school districts you know we have a relationship like with the chicago bulls so maybe we can reach out to a local you know another local uh, sporting team that might want to support and so we have this map that allows us to stay you know that we can kind of check through and say oh we don't have all the pieces in place now so we have to wait until we're able to do that so that we can stay really you know um authentically who we are and start inside out. You start with the community that's there and not just dropping it. And that's been the biggest thing. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, statistically, do you know like which city in, in the States has probably the biggest concentration of military families? I would assume that it'd be around sort of the forts. So yeah, Virginia, um, you know, Hampton Roads area, California, um, there, you know, there, these areas, Texas, 
uh, North Carolina. Um, so these areas tend to have multiple uh, um, branches of service kind of all in the same area. Um, and so then have really large populations of military children um, or families, children. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we don't know. That we, well, it would seem like we would go there first, um, but it might be better. Uh, Naval Station Great Lakes is kind of a unique command. It's the only boot camp in the country left for Naval uh, for um, Navy boot camp, and um, and so the the children that we serve here are mostly children of the support staff for Naval Station. So it's not the recruits coming in, you know, that are, you know, becoming sailors, um, young sailors. It is it is the support staff, like the the instructors, the boot camp instructors, the instructors when they go over, um, you know, to go over to to learn whatever their rate is going to be um, for the hospital staff. So it it's a little bit of a different type of command um, here, which um, maybe this would be a good setup because they might not have as many resources available to them in communities like this that you might at a very large installation. And so there are many of these kind of pockets of military installations around the country that you know maybe don't have as many resources. And maybe that's where we start when we start going nationally. Mm -hmm. We actually have another thing that we have over 700 kids around the really around the world now that we're in our program and now have gone on, you know, have left. And so um, it's fun to track them. But, um, you know, we we kind of could technically start up where they move, right? Um, and, and so we've had to hold back because a lot of families are like, are you coming? I could start a group here, we could get going. You know, one of our leaders is, is PCSing at the end of this year. We're very sad, yeah. um, but uh, she's like, I actually have a full group of kids where I'm going to already, you know. And she's yeah. like, I said, okay, let's talk about it. And you know, because you want because the kids are ready, all of the things are ready, and and you mm -hmm. you want to be able to continue to serve. But you know, we have to make sure that it's we sometimes have to take a step back and just say, okay, we have to make sure it's right. So well, certainly with the level of excitement of the of your collaborators, <laughs> the people that want to be a part of it. You know, everybody wants to have you know a kids rank in their city, which I yeah. mean that speaks to the mission. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the leaders a couple times, and I'm just interested about how you find the leaders, who they are, what they do, um, how you can become a leader. We are so lucky because I a lot of our leaders are actually um, our military kids' parents. So like maybe after some time with their children in our programs, or they've been volunteering. They go, I'm ready now. How do I give more? And, um, you know, it's, we, we provide a lot of professional development for um, the parents that are coming to volunteer for us, which has also been really amazing because a lot of them are um, looking at transitioning back into the workforce and volunteering and then working with Kids Rank actually becomes a great opportunity for them to work within their own community that they're familiar with and then like work on those skills and then go back out there and they feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and we also have really great relationships with some uh, colleges um, like Dominican University here in the area and uh, the Chicago School of Professional Psychology has been one of our partners from the beginning. So we get a lot of master and doctoral level students that are you know, either doing social work or um, psychology and, and in those fields um, that that come and they are leaders with us. And so they're able to, you know, some of them have backgrounds, you know, in, in military culture, either through their family um, or um, in those types of areas, some have been veterans themselves. And so really giving back is, is natural for them. And, and they, it, it's been a really wonderful partnership in that way um, that we get to, to work with those students because they actually bring another layer of um, oversight and, and kind of thinking about how we are addressing and working with the kids. So any, anyone interested yeah. in becoming a leader? Yeah. I mean, it's just reaching out to us at Kids Rank and um, seeing where we can give you an opportunity to volunteer and then become a part of our team. And, really, and we yeah. take it really seriously. I mean, because it the thing about it is the, you're gonna be working with these kids on a weekly basis. And so we need people that are gonna be um, dedicated excited to, you know, not all same personality, like I can be, a, Loki and I can be very excited, you know, but it doesn't have to be that, but, but yeah, you know, some to, kids don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but showing up, really showing up for these kids, really seeing them for who they are, really like mm -hmm. dialing in and wanting to make um, connections um, with them is very important. And so we will, we train around all of the other pieces on like the structure of our curriculum and how we run programs and things like that. Um, but it, but we're very, we mindful of how we bring people in because it is, you know, our top priority hands down are the kids, right? Mm -hmm. And so if uh, we need to make sure that you're a good fit for, for them um, to give them the best um, of what they need. Totally, and being a civilian myself, do you have civilian leaders um, and how do civilians uh, connect and interact <laughs> with Kids Rank? Yeah, I mean, I think as, as a civilian staff member here and also someone who's spent almost the last decade working within the veteran community, now the military, active duty military community, right? Um, I think it's just like, I love children, right? Mm -hmm. And I love people. So if you're that kind of person, right? It's the same thing, just like start coming to volunteer. And that's that's a lot what I did. And like, I think it's a, a lot of with what happens with the military is like, you need to build tr that trust, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if you're not necessarily a part of it. So it's just showing up um, and, and being reliable and accountable. And again, showing that dedication to, to what you, where where you want to fit into the community right and mm -hmm. when you do that people are they're you know right sean you know like veterans military folk they once you're in you're in right like <laughs> they're like you are part of the family you're part of the team yeah. um, you show up and you are dependable i mean because the kids experience with the transition so many interruptions in kind of relationships yeah. um that's really the importance of making sure like our leaders like you're there every Monday, you better be there every Monday because mm -hmm. the kids will also call you out. Mm -hmm. yeah, miss yeah. a week, they'll say, uh, where were you last week? And you're like, oh my goodness, I had a doctor's appointment. <laughs> so, they're like, okay, we're just checking in on, you know, like they, yeah. they will call you out, but it is, you know, it's heartbreaking to me if somebody were to disappoint them. You know, I, I don't, you know, we don't want, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna only talk about what we do want. We want people to show up. Um, but, right. you know, they, they experience so much um, in having to transition so often that we, it's important that we are able to be this reliable, um, you know, force for them. How does someone uh, support Kids Rank? Is there a way to donate? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I, I, this is a softball throw. Just like crank that one out of the park. Okay? <laughs> no, I mean, we have lots. I mean, so kidsrank.org is our website and um, there are opportunities for sure to donate. Um, so we we look for, of course, monetary donations are wonderful. Um, we try to pro provide our programming and activities at low to no cost as much as possible, like our, our summer camp, which we call a transition summer camp. It's new kids coming into the community and also uh, with kids that are have lived here for a little while. So that transition, giving them to meet each other so that the new kids then have like at least a buddy when they go to school. Um, but so, you know, that camp is $50 for the entire week, you know, mm -hmm. so that that's the out of pocket for families. Like you can't find a $50 for the whole week camp. I mean, they get meals yeah. every day. They like special, like we do a lot for camp. We're, we're extra, not extra, <laughs> just enough. But so we try to provide all of our programming at low to no cost for our families. Um, and so that means that we do need um, support financially and able to make that happen. Um, we also like, in-kind donations, so not everything, you know, but we usually will reach out um, and and ask for specific things like the welcome and farewell kits that Moki was talking about. Um, so not we everything. Amazon list. <laughs> yeah, we have an Amazon list, but, you know, we do a lot of different types of programming. And so sometimes, you know, we'll be in need of supplies or things that uh, will really help our program, um, you know, kind of take it to that next level. And then also talent. Um, you know, we are a small, there are three staff members. Um, we hear you two, here at BBC, three staff members. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're seeing two of us. And so, yeah. <laughs> and our third one is actually PCSing. She'll be leaving next month. Oh. We're very sad. We can't really talk about it right now. Um, but she and her family are, are PCSing. They're all, her husband does our social media. She's on our staff. Her kids mm -hmm. are all on the program. Like this is what happens. It becomes a very family event, but we're always looking for talent um, and skills because there's so many areas we're doing 
lots of things. And, um, and we really need people, again, that are dedicated. So maybe not working with the kids, but they might want to volunteer with us and helping us, you know, like organize our, our, our systems and our technology or our, you know, so there's so many areas kind of as an organization as we grow, because we do have this really clear plan and vision of where we want to go. And it takes people to help us get there. So um, there are a lot of ways that people can get involved um, and support. And, um, and so kidsrank.org is our website. Um, and, um, and especially like, so for instance, this mask program, you know, we're executing this nationally. Um, and so if there are communities that have military kids um, that want to get involved in it, um, they can reach out and, and if they want to facilitate, we were just at, like I said, at the school uh, earlier today and the, the art teachers, like, I'd love to facilitate that curriculum, you know, within my school. And I, wonderful. Yes. Like it, it just, again, is another way to start building awareness around the military kids in your community, because people might not know it, but there are military kids in every single zip code across the country. So, um, and I, I think that a lot of times people don't think about that um, and, and feel that they might not know, but they probably do know some, know a few. <laughs> well, I know here in Pittsburgh, we would love to uh, have uh, have one of those programs. I've talked with my my usual co-host for those listening in, uh, Ryan All, who's an Army veteran, um, about this program, and he he's ecstatic. He would love to see this come to Pittsburgh, so I hope that we can get a collaboration going. Um, we are going to have your website posted here in the description. And just a final question, thoughts of, uh, we talked nationwide, what does Kids Rank look like five years down the road? <laughs> <laughs> five years down the road an ideal an ideal view an ideal world ideally kids prank five years from now will be uh in across the country in in many states um i would say if i had to give it a, a number probably 10 to 15 states oh, cool <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, love I mean maybe more i mean I, I so i mean that's really the goal is to uh, kind of, I think that once we start going national, that process will happen quickly. So, which is why that this slow process in the beginning then can support that, you know, kind of uh, faster pace growth. Because I think that once we start expanding nationally the, and, you know, kind of testing that from there, I feel like it will snowball. So in five years, you know, three years, I think we'll be ready to actually go out of the state. Yeah. next two to three years out of this state and then i would say five it started i think it will exponentially grow from there um which would be awesome i mean we would love to see you know and be able to follow our kids where they're going and you know a lot of our kids now are our originating members are now uh in college i did some some recommendation letters one of our young our early members is he just got accepted to Purdue for their engineering department um, and, you know, is thrilled. I mean, so seeing where they go and how they, you know, continue to lead and, and then also come back and work with us and work with military kids, um, I think would be really wonderful. That sounds wonderful. And I, and best of luck to achieving all of those uh, really great goals. Um, well, I want to thank you both for coming on to the Scuttlebutt. Uh, I'm hoping uh, for those of you who listen in, <clears throat> excuse me, on the Scuttlebutt here in Pittsburgh, that we can get one of these programs here. Uh, we will chat about that. And, uh, you know, we're going to have many more episodes coming up throughout. There are new season six. And I uh, hope that you like, share, subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. So you are the first to know whenever we release new episodes every Monday. And, and be sure to check out them at kidsrank.org uh, for all the wonderful programs they have going on. Kelsey, Moki, thank you so much for coming on the program. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for having us.